0: This is The Irrelevant, a podcast about finding the deeper meaning of seemingly useless information. I'm Rodrigo Nunez, and today's episode is Blow It Up. I love few things more than the story of a colossal failure. It makes me feel good. Like, no matter how bad I screw up, at least I didn't do that bad, right? And in March of 2021, we had a perfect failure that filled up that role hilariously. That example that I can be like, look, however bad I screwed up, it wasn't that bad. And of course, I'm referring to the huge cargo ship Ever Given that got stuck in the Suez Canal and just stopped international commerce for almost a week. I love that thing. Just stuck there horizontally on a tiny channel, forcing cargo ships to go all around Africa. Inevitably, all these armchair experts went online to provide their own opinions on how to get the container ship unstuck and get global commerce going again or whatever. So I had to weigh in with a joke myself, right? I suggested we nuke the ever given, blow it up, just get it out of there. Like with most of my jokes, however, I wasn't the only one that made that joke. A quick Twitter search revealed that an alarming number of people had the same thought, so this went beyond just lack of originality on my part. It's almost as if it was an actual idea that many people actually believed. Because it turns out blowing stuff up has been thought of as a viable solution to many problems and sometimes the reasoning seems to be nothing beyond why not. So today let's talk a little bit about how humans, specifically Americans, want to blow everything up, and have blown ridiculous things up. Let's stay in the Suez Canal for a bit, or adjacent to it in a way. After I made that blow up the Suez joke, I came across a tweet by Alex Wellerstein, in which he also proposes a fix to the Suez situation. Except it's an official proposal from 1963, something called the Livermore Reports, which details a plan on the feasibility of having an alternative to the Suez Canal. Because if we had another canal, you can get any number of boats stuck in the Suez and it won't matter, right? So the Livermore Report proposed a 160-mile-long canal from the Mediterranean to the Gulf of Aqaba and thus to the Red Sea and the Indian Ocean via the Negev Desert in Israel. So the Suez is in, like, the Sinai Peninsula in Egypt, and this would be in Israel, but it would inevitably end up in the same place, kind of, like, it's just, like, closer to the bottom of the Red Sea. Uh, So this was, like, an alternative canal that could be used in place of the Suez. The plan called for a depth of excavation of 1,500 feet, which according to the report itself, conventional methods of excavation to achieve this would be prohibitively expensive. However, this report isn't suggesting the use of conventional methods. Instead, what is being proposed is that the canal be built by nukes. Specifically, two megaton nukes at a depth of 750 feet in the desert, spaced four per mile for 130 miles, for a grand total of 520 nukes. 520. Obviously, this didn't happen. But just think about it. 520 nukes in the Israel desert to dig up an alternative to the Suez Canal, and they conducted a report. The conclusion of the report reads as follows. Quote, the result of this crude preliminary investigation indicate that a sea-level canal across Israel appears to be within the range of technological feasibility. It is more difficult to judge its economic feasibility, end quote. So they're saying, look, it's technically possible, we just don't know if it's going to be worth it. Then they go on to say the following, quote, Another problem which has not been considered is that of political feasibility, as it is likely that the Arab countries surrounding Israel would object strongly to the construction of the project. End quote. You know what wasn't taken into account in this report? The radioactivity of 520 nukes in the desert. Like, there's really no mention of it there. All they care about is what's the... Technologically, is it technologically feasible? Is it economically feasible? Is it politically feasible? Not, will it poison everything in sight for hundreds and thousands of years? They don't They don't care about that at all. It's just an utterly dumb plan. I get the feeling that if I were to propose something this dumb at work, I would get fired and I would not receive funding to spend, you know, a month doing this study or whatever it is that they did. It's just utterly dumb, but at least it didn't actually happen. This next one actually did. On December 10, 1967, the United States Atomic Energy Commission funded a joint venture between the Lawrence Livermore Radiation Laboratory and the El Paso Natural Gas Company that was called Project Gas Buggy. El Paso Natural Gas was interested in finding a cost-effective way to fracture subterranean rock formations so that natural gas could be extracted from them. If it sounds familiar, that's because that's exactly what hydraulic fracking does today, but this was before the advent of that technology, and they were trying to find cost-effective ways to do it, as well as uses for nuclear bombs. (laughs) So the plan was this. Go to the Carson National Forest, where the Leandre Canyon is located and had known gas deposits. Drill 4,227 feet, drop a nuke down there, which is with the equivalent of 29 kilotons, so smaller than the Israel ones and deeper, so at least it wasn't that dumb, backfill the well and then blow it up and see what happens. So, yeah, instead of, you know, fracking with water and horizontal drilling and all that good stuff, they were like, what if we could just nuke the rock and then get the gas that is released from that? (laughs) Um, What happened was... The gas became radioactive and wasn't safe to use. But they didn't give up. And they tried it two more times. In 1967, in Ralston Canyon, Colorado, and in 1973, in Rio Blanco, Colorado. And guess what happened those two times? The gas was radioactive. I mean, who'd have thunk that nuking a gas deposit would render the gas radioactive, right? Clearly, not the United States Atomic Energy Commission. <laughs> It's just, I don't understand the reasoning behind it. Project Gas Buggy and the other two were actually part of a larger project called Project Plowshare, in which the U.S. detonated 31 nuclear warheads in 27 separate tests to try and find some peacetime use for nukes. Because as The Simpsons said, you gotta nuke something, right? The last instance of blowing it up I want to talk about is a lot more benign than these two, and it's actually more modern than them, too. It happened on November 12th, 1970 in the town of Florence, Oregon, where a dead Pacific gray whale rolled up onto the beach three days before and started stinking up the place. The story is best told by a KTAU news report by Paul Lindman. Check it
1: out. stinking
0: Stinking whale of a problem. You're so crazy, Paul.
1: What to do with one 45-foot, 8-ton whale dead on arrival on the beach near Florence? It had been so long since a whale had washed up in Lane County, nobody could remember how to get rid of one. In selecting its battle plan, the highway division decided the carcass couldn't be buried because it might soon be uncovered. Wait,
0: wait, wait. The highway division is in charge of dealing with dead whales that wash up onto the beach. The
1: highway division decided the carcass couldn't be buried because it might soon be uncovered. It couldn't be cut up and then buried because nobody wanted to cut it up and it couldn't be burned. So dynamite it was, some 20 cases or a half ton of it.
0: A half ton of dynamite. Just like that.
1: The hope was that the long dead Pacific gray whale would be almost disintegrated by the blast and that any small pieces still around after the explosion would be taken care of by seagulls and other scavengers indeed the seagulls had been standing nearby all day as everything was being made ready we asked george thornton the highway engineer in charge of the project for his final observation well i'm confident that it'll work
0: george does not look confident it's gonna work
1: the only thing is we're not sure just exactly how much uh, explosives it'll take to disintegrate this thing so the scavengers seagulls and crabs and whatnot can clean it up is there any chance it might be more than a one-day job Uh, if there's any large chunks left and, uh, we may have to do some other cleanup, possibly set another charge.
0: What's funny is that there's some kids and the crowd behind George as he's talking. And again, he looks absolutely not convinced that anything he's saying is true.
1: (laughs) The dynamite was buried primarily on the leeward side of the big mammal. So as most of the remains would be blown toward the sea. About seventy-five bystanders, most of them residents who had first found the whale to be an object of curiosity before they tired of its smell, were moved back a quarter of a mile away. The sand dunes there were covered with spectators and land lubber newsmen, shortly to become land blubber newsmen, for the blast blasted blubber beyond all believable bounds. The
0: blast blasted blubber. You so crazy, Paul?
1: get
0: You hear that? That's the sound of pieces of whale raining down on people.
1: <laughs> our cameras stopped rolling immediately after the blast. The humor of the entire situation suddenly gave way to a run for survival as huge chunks of whale blubber fell everywhere. Pieces of meat passed high over our heads while others were falling at our feet. The dunes were rapidly evacuated as spectators escaped both the falling debris and the overwhelming smell. A parked car over a quarter of a mile from the blast site was the target of one large chunk. The passenger compartment literally smacked. Fortunately, no human was hit as badly as the car. However, everyone on the scene was covered with small particles of dead whale.
0: This car was crumpled. The whole roof was just caved in with this subway sized chunk of meat that fell from this guy.
1: As for the success of the effort, The seagulls who were supposed to clean things up were nowhere in sight, either scared away by the explosion... The seagulls just got the hell out of Dodge. (laughs) That didn't really matter. The remaining chunks were of such a size that no respectable seagull would attempt to tackle anyway. As darkness began to set in, the highway crews were back on the beach burying the remains, including a large piece of the carcass which never left the blast site. It might be concluded that should a whale ever wash ashore in Lane County again, those in charge will not only remember what to do... They'll certainly remember what not
0: to do. It might be concluded, Paul, but we'll never know for sure. Right? (laughs) So actually, this last year was the 50th anniversary of this event, and KTAU had a lot of coverage about it. And it's clearly something that they're very famous for. You can I highly recommend you look up this video because it's it's very it's very good. It's very funny. Um, The normal protocol now, according to the updated story, is to bury the whale although Oregon State University marine scientists elect to strip four-inch blubber from the whale and began the process of preparing the skeleton for display in um, museums. So according to Paul, the decision to blow up the whale came from the Oregon Department of Transportation and George Thornton, who had consulted with the United States Navy, which apparently had done things like this in the past, meaning blow whales up when they wash up ashore the general consensus from all involved after the explosion was that not enough dynamite was used so that is (laughs) the problem was not blowing it up is that we didn't blow it up hard enough which could be the theme of america for anything right And I guess it just goes to show for as long as there is something big in the way, be it a desert or sedimentary rock formations, a dead gray whale or a stuck container ship in a canal, humans will want to blow it up. Humans have wanted to blow it up and humans will continue to want to blow it up because we are all pretty dumb animals when it comes down to it. It's just that most of the time we don't get our wishes fulfilled and are allowed to blow things up. But when we do, it is very, very stupid and mostly hilarious Um, because there is nothing funnier than all of these people getting together and organizing a blow up that they think is going to work and something really dumb happens. An unforeseen explosion is a tragedy, but a planned explosion is just a fun, dumb time for everyone involved, except for maybe that guy that lost his car and the people of New Mexico and Colorado that have to deal with nuclear waste potentially in their soil and groundwater. But, oh, man. Yeah, I hope you learned something. I hope you feel better about the dumb decisions you've made at work because whatever you've done, it cannot be as dumb as proposing to nuke natural gas out of rocks or to blow up a dead whale. And if I achieve that, then my work here is done. Thanks for listening. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked it, um, please share it with a friend or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser.com. But yeah, just sharing it with a friend would be very, very cool. Um, That's it. See you next time. And as always, OR4 did nothing wrong. This is the Irrelevant Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.